You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. child of God because he wants you to know what a child of God is and how a child of God acts. When you walk outside, you represent him. You represent the Father and you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Your Father in heaven knows you, has called you by name, and he wants you to have the best that he has offered. And it's Jesus Christ on a cross. That's the best that he can offer. And when you accept that, something happens. Something happens in your life. And you accept the love of God through Jesus Christ. As a child of God, you are an ambassador for Christ. In today's message from Pastor Dave, he shares with you the glorious truth that as a disciple of Jesus, you are a child of the Most High God. Therefore, you represent Him and His kingdom while here on earth. Shine the loving kindness of Christ to all those you meet. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 3 as he continues his message, What Measure of Love? John begins with the word behold. He says behold. And here he uses the Greek word ido, which is much more than to just look at. It usually carries the connotation of intently staring at something very, very impressive, something remarkable. In fact, in Mark 9, 15, in the original King James, it says, speaking of Jesus, when they beheld him, they were greatly amazed. And running to him, they saluted him. We know for a fact that John writes in his gospel in chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the one, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John is saying, behold what manner of love. Behold this. Look at this. John wants us to behold this. He wants us to see it as he saw it. A love that is still available today, a love that is every bit as true, every bit as pure as when John first experienced it. A love that is available for each of us today. John is wanting us to behold what manner of love the Father has given to us. Because why? Because this love is different and is distinguished from all other love. It's different than any love you've ever experienced in your entire life. He says, take notice of this love, for it is truly remarkable. John says, Behold what manner of love. In the context here, the word manner means the way someone behaves towards another. The way someone behaves towards another. God's behavior towards us is always love. Scripture says his banner over us is love in Song of Solomon 2 verse 4. And the meaning here is that God's love is openly displayed. It's openly displayed towards us. It's a public demonstration, and it was publicly proclaimed on a cross. God's love was demonstrated toward us when Jesus died on that cross. And it means that God is not ashamed to call us his children. He openly proclaims that. So what manner of love has God displayed toward us? Well, one thing, it's an unmerited love. It was freely given, 
unconditional, no strings attached. God doesn't love us because of who we are or for what we've done. He loves us because who he is and what he has done. You can do nothing to earn God's love. It's unmerited. It's given to him. We call it his grace. God's love is undying. It endures forever. It's an everlasting love. It'll never fade away. It'll never cease. It's always available. It's unfailing. God's love never fails. His love is not based on whims or feelings or passing fancies. His love is rock solid. God's love never fails. It never ends. His love never fails because he is love. God's love is out of this world. It is out of this world. It's not an earthly love. It's a great love, a giving love, a pursuing love, an enduring love. His love is a comforting love, a soothing love, a healing love, a measuring love, and a protective love. His love is pure. His love is perfect. God's love is sacrificial love. He sacrificed everything he had to demonstrate his love to you. God's love is a saving love. His love is a saving love. The wonderful plan of salvation began with the love of God. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. The manner that God loved us is most incredible. It's hard for us to fathom and understand. Then John writes, behold, what manner of love? What manner of love? And the word here is agape, agapeo, Greek word for love, a different kind of love. It's the love that Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 13. And we use it and we throw it around so easily, but do we really understand what he's saying? In chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Love suffers long and is kind. Then he says what love is not. It's not envious. It's not puffed up. It doesn't parade itself. It doesn't behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Doesn't rejoice in iniquity. But love rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. This is the love that the Apostle Paul is talking about. God's love. God's unmerited love that continues to pour out upon us. The love of John is speaking. This is the love that you need to know. This is the love that he wants you to have. God's wonderful love. John says, behold the manner of love that the Father has given you. Who's doing the loving here? God the Father. Where does this love come from? It comes from God. He initiated it. The scripture we're going to read in a little while in 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. God initiated it. Why? Because God is love. This love is coming directly from the Father that was manifested to us through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And it was confirmed to us by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that John talked about last week and the week before. Jesus praying to the Father in John 17 says, I have manifested your name. God's name is love. John says, behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Again, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave this love to us. It was a free gift. And the Greek word here is didomi. Didomi, it means to give, but it carries a stronger connotation. It also can be uh, translated bestowed, which we have in our verse here, or lavished. Lavished upon. Bestowed has the idea of a one-sided giving instead of a return for something. God didn't give to get. God just loved you. 
He just loved you with an everlasting love. As I said earlier, this is foreign to the world. And this kind of love is hard for the world to fathom. John is calling on us this morning to wonder at this particular kind of love that God has so graciously lavished upon us. He's calling you to behold it, to think about it, to let it seek in. He's longing for us to see it, to behold it with amazement, with wonder, and to accept it. To accept it. And lavish carries the connotation of the measure of God's love. God's love cannot be measured. His love coming to you, he says, is more than the stars in the sky, more than the sands of the sea. So go out the wildwood, pick up a handful of sand, and start it slifting through your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Count all your kernels there. God's love is even more great than, more greater than that, greater than that. God's love cannot be measured. It cannot be measured. This whole sentence carries the idea of love conferred in honor, in the giving of a gift, giving unmerited favor. It confers a right. God gives us this gift, and along with this gift comes a right. What is the right? Look at it. Look at the second part of our verse today. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. That we should be called the children of God. This is not only results of God's love. This is the purpose of God's love. This is why God loved us, so that we would become his children. <coughs> this is not some high-sounding name we get to bear. This, my friends, is a reality. It is the truth. This is who we are. We are children of God. How many of us have sang, do we really realize when we sing, I'm a child of God, yes I am. I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who, I say, who you say I am. I'm not calling you a child of God. He's calling you his child. I am who you say I am. Sink it, let it sink in. You're being called his child by the most high God, the creator of the universe. It's God who says I'm his child. When does God declare me as a child? When I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's when God calls you his child. Back in 1948, Virginia and Herman Shank gave birth to a baby boy. I was called their son. It was my birthright. A birthright is a possession to which a person is entitled to by birth. Therefore, I can use the name Shank. And all the benefits that came from my mother and father and my brothers and sisters. That became my heritage. It was given to me by my parents. But when I became born again, not by the will of man, but by the will of God, when I became born of the Spirit, I was also given a right. I was also given a privilege to be called a child of the Most High God. We studied it in John 1, 12. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. But... As many as received him, Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So I didn't give up my right birthright as a shank, but I got a new birthright, a, a much better birthright, a birthright from heaven, a birthright from the most holy God. I became his child. I became his child. Yes, hallelujah and thank you, Lord. It was God's love bestowed upon me that has given me that right. And now since I have that right, I'm not ashamed to call him father. I'm not ashamed to call him daddy. I'm not ashamed to call him my father in heaven. And you know what? He's not ashamed of me either. He's not ashamed of me either. I love that. 
I get to call him God, Father. You have to understand something here. You have to understand what it means, the children, the children of God. He's, John is saying that not everyone is a child of God in the sense that John is talking about here. Think about this. God's love is expressed to all in the giving of Jesus Christ for the sins of the world. But this does not make all of humanity children of God in the sense that John is talking about. He speaks of those who have received the love of Jesus Christ in a life of fellowship and trust in him. Those who have called upon the name of Jesus unto salvation and have become born again of a living hope. That's who John's addressing here, and that's who John is saying, child of God. That's what John is saying right here. And if we are truly children of God, then it should show in our likeness to the Father by the way we love one another. Goes back to that love chapter. So brothers and sisters, we're all one in God. We are all children of God if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. What a wonderful gift. What a wonderful gift. And although human love is wonderful, and we all desire human love, God's love is so far greater. God's love is so far greater. God's love is the life-changing force in the universe. Paul writes about God's love. He says in Ephesians, who can fathom the love of God? Who can even fathom it? It's here someplace. There it is. In Ephesians 3, look what he says in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. He says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Understand the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of Christ. That Christ would dwell richly in your hearts and be at home in your hearts. That we would be rooted and grounded in that love. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished unto us. Has just freely given you. Has just poured out upon your hearts and it continually pours out. This is my prayer for us as well today that we would experience more of this love through Jesus Christ and that we might really allow it flow through our lives and touch the lives of everyone else, that we too would be rooted and grounded in the love of God. What's being said here by the Apostle Paul is tremendous, and he's building on what John is saying here. He's saying, God, guys, God loves you so much. And I'm praying that you would know the depths of that love, the length of that love, the height of that love. If you could only fathom the depths, if you could only fathom the height and the length, if you could only see it, if you could only feel it in your own lives, and your own body, the depths at which Jesus Christ went to to get you to love him, to show you God's love, the depth that he went to. 
the heights that God wants to take you, the heights that he hasn't even begun to take you to yet, that you're going to be seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and you're going to be a joint heir to the kingdom. Oh, my goodness, to understand that. If we could only know, Paul says, if you could only know, if you could only digest it, if you could only accept it, if you could only comprehend that which is beyond knowledge, Paul says. It's beyond our knowledge, but hey, I want you to understand it, but I know you can't because it's so foreign to us. It's so foreign to us. When you recognize your birthright as a child of God, and when you walk accordingly, something's going to happen. You're going to be unrecognizable in the world. Look what the last part of the verse says. Therefore, the world does not know us because it didn't know him. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Take heart, brothers and sisters. When you walk as a child of God and the world does not know you, you're in great company. They didn't know Jesus either. I love what Guzik said, quote, Therefore, the world does not know us because our unique parentage from God, we are strangers to the world, or should be. Unquote. This shows the great danger of Christianity that works so hard to show the world how much like the world they are. The church needs to stop showing the world how much like them we are. And we need to show the world that we are children of the Most High God. And He is our Father. And He rules us and we are answering to Him and Him alone. We don't answer to man. Yes, we submit to a government, but we don't answer to man. We answer to the Most High God. And Peter said it great to the Sanhedrin. You choose whether I should please you or God. You choose. So important. We can't be like the world. The church can no longer be like the world. The church needs to be stand up and counted. Because the world did not know Jesus, why would we expect the world to treat us any different? Why would we expect the world to treat us in any different form, any different way? The world didn't know him. What did they do to him? Well, they rejected him and then they crucified him. Take heart, my lovers, my Christian, my friends. Take heart. When somebody rejects the gospel that you're preaching, they are not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus Christ. They're rejecting God the Father. They're not rejecting you. It's true that Jesus loves sinners. And when they recognize his love, they flock to him. But we also must remember that it was the world that cried out, crucify him. It's no secret if you've been here long enough to know that I'm a movie crazy. I've got all these movie things flying around in my head. They're every, I don't, sometimes I just don't know what to do with them. <laughs> but there was one of my most favorite movies happened to be a musical. It was called West Side Story. And in West Side Story, when the Jets all gathered together and they were going to rumble and they were going to meet at a certain place, the, the leader of the Jets Rift told them to walk tall because they were a jet. Then they went in the big thing, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Well, take heart, Christian. Walk tall because you're a child of God. Walk tall because you are a child of God. The jets have nothing on you. Nothing on you at all. You are a child of the most high God. Keep your head up, Christian. Keep your head up. Looking up for our redemption draws nigh. Don't fret, Christian, over the trials that are coming your way. Don't get disappointed over the things that are happening to you. Because God knows you, has you right in the palm of his hand, and he's saying, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. Relax. I got this under control. You need to recognize who you are. You need to recognize that you are a child of God. 
If he is for us, who can be against us? And what can man do to us? Well, Dave, they can kill you. Yeah, great. Then I'll be with him forever. See, John started this chapter, and we talked about being a child of God because he wants you to know what a child of God is and how a child of God acts. When you walk outside, you represent him. You represent the Father, and you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Your Father in heaven knows you, has called you by name, and he wants you to have the best that he has offered. And it's Jesus Christ on a cross. That's the best that he can offer. And when you accept that, something happens. Something happens in your life when you accept the love of God through Jesus Christ. When it's confirmed in your heart by the Holy Spirit, something happens and your life begins to change. I know maybe you're not like you were. and Maybe you're not like you think you should be, but you're nothing like you will be. You're nothing like you will be when you see him face to face and he says, my dear son, my dear daughter, how I've yearned for you, how I've longed for you to come home, come in to enter into the joy of the Lord. And as he wraps his arms around you and draws you closer to him, you feel his heart beat, and you hear it beating on yours. If you don't know this love, you can know that today. You can know it today simply by saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I come to you and ask for your forgiveness. I accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. I believe that he rose again on the third day, and I declare him Lord and Savior of my life. And I give my life to him. It says, as many as received him, as many as do that, become a child of God. Why would you want to go anywhere else? Why would you want to do anything else? There's a great old hymn that I just love. I've got lots of things running around in my head, guys. I'm sorry. There's a lot of things running around in this head. If I shook it, you'll hear it shake. But there's an old hymn that I just dearly love, and it's a simple hymn. It goes, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we would be called the sons of God. That we would be called the sons of God. Let's do it again. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we would be called the sons of God. That we would be called the sons of God. You guys knew that. Good job. Good job. Good job. Let's celebrate being a child of the Most High God. Let's celebrate that by going and remembering how we got here. You are a Our time with you has come to an end today on A Sure Hope. But in our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue teaching through the book of 1 John. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. 
If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel, Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Feel free to give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit assurehoperadio.com for directions and more information. Perhaps you prefer email. If so, go ahead and email us with any questions at info at capewatchradio.com. You might be interested in knowing that for those who aren't able to come in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just look for a link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of 1 John. We look forward to the next time as Pastor Dave will share more things that God has put on his heart from this New Testament letter. But until then, we encourage you to read through the Bible on your own and be reminded of God and that He is a sure hope. Rescue.